The resurrected king is resurrecting you and I. Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this morning, for what it means and what it can mean in in our life. So I do pray that uh, Easter would not only be a day, but it would be uh, a life. And these lives that are gathered here, um, I have the honor of praying over them. Um, Because I said earlier, life always throws things at us. So today we may rejoice, but I, I pray we claim the Easter victory, the Easter miracle, the Easter resurrection, that we too would be resurrected in spirit today, that we be resurrected uh, day by day, and that one day we look forward to our bodies too in Christ uh, would be resurrected. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are risen and you reign in your name. Amen. Hey, listen, if you have a Bible, I'm going to take this off if I can. If you have your Bible, turn to John 20, the passage that uh, Neil read as we sang. They did, they did pretty good, right? Right? Amen? Amen? I'm a clapper. Yeah, cl- please clap. Please clap. All right, so Easter sunrise, I go back to growing up. Our church would always have Easter sunrise services, Okay. And I would, uh, when I was little, we would drive with mom and dad and my brother. And we'd get up early because my parents were like some of y'all. I mean, you know, just there when, whenever the church doors open uh, and serving. And so we'd go over there and on the drive over, and that'd be like at 6.30ish, so it was still dark. And my mom would always say, and I wonder what it was like when Mary walked to the tomb. And she would always key in on that phrase, Mary went to the tomb while it was still dark. While it was still dark. Like, I wonder what it was like. And I would would sit in the back seat and I would imagine what it was like. So today, and, and I know there's a lot going on and there can be things we're thinking of, but just imagine what it was like. Now then, my attention, my imagination would quickly turn from that gospel story. I'd get to church, and my mind would wander about breakfast, okay? Because our church would do a breakfast after the sunrise service. Uh, We're not. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Whole Foods is open, I believe. Uh, Say what you want to about being open on Easter. But anyway, they're open. Um, but we, we're not doing a breakfast. But I would think, I'd start thinking about biscuits and like the men's club would do this big breakfast. Uh, then my mind would wander on other things. Uh, uh, one year, a couple, maybe it's two years, but there was this Danish exchange student who was a girl at church, okay? And I would start thinking, I'd get to church and thinking about her. And actually, when she went back overseas, I'd think about her too. I'd go to church. So my mind would wander. And then between the sunrise and like the, what we call the full Easter service, I would go to my aunt's and I would be so excited. Like, man, I just get like an hour and a half to chill out. My parents are still working at church. Uh, I can pick up a newspaper. Y'all remember those newspapers? Uh, and I would read baseball scores because it's always spring, you know. 
Um, this, you know, you, the only way you can get stats back then is, is the weekly paper. My point in all that is it's real easy to go real quick from the risen Christ, Easter sunrise, Easter morning to the things of this world. Real quick. Some of you, you know, probably already have. And that's, I get it, okay? I truly get it. But for a moment, and it won't be too long, I really would like us to just use the gifting, it's a good gift of our imagination to think about that morning. So let's, let's look at John 20 again. John 20, I'm going to read verse 1 through 10. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Okay, that's real. That's a story, okay? But I want to read one other passage. Y'all don't have to turn to it, but please use your imagination. Uh, And in this passage, it talks about who Jesus is. So I think it's important today on this morning, we often remember that story, Mary going to the tomb, empty tomb. But we need reminding of who Jesus Christ is. And it's easy to be like, yeah, he's Savior, he's Lord, all that. But listen to what Scripture says. And it's a... It's very, very radical. It's, I mean, you think about it, it's just crazy. This is Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 15 through 20. Just a few other verses. You can just listen. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. By Jesus Christ, you were created. We were all created. In heaven and on earth, Visible, invisible, all thrones, all dominions, all rulers, all authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the only reason we're here now, together, standing here. Not because of the church, he just desires the earth to be held together still. He is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be first. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by his blood on the cross. 
on resurrection morning, we still all always like to remember Good Friday. The only reason we have Sunday is because of what he did Friday. So that's Jesus. And then we go back to that morning when the tomb was empty. Now I want to ask you a question. Why do you think that, uh, I, was, I was thinking about it this week, but, and you may never have thought about this. Why do you think God chose to raise Jesus in the morning? You know, it could have been any time. You know? Could have been like noon. Could have been late evening. Could have, I mean, you ever think about that? Why did God choose to raise Jesus from the dead early, early morning while it was still dark and then they went to the tomb in the morning? Because God, all, I mean, he orchestrates everything. Why then? Well, I think there's a lot that, uh, of symbolism from night to morning. And as we wake up now, and some of you literally waking up now, uh, I think there's a lot of, a lot of like parallels and symbols to that. First off, we go from night to morning, from darkness to light. See, a lot of y'all, a lot of us, have been through or are going through uh, what many have called it in the past, the dark night of the soul. And that's not just one night, okay? That can be a season. Some folks think it's a lifetime. And in Jesus... We go from darkness to light. Jesus Christ said, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, and he said like that, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will walk in the light of life. The light of life. Uh, I think this world, uh, our culture, uh, I said this to students early in the week, uh, we live in a, a my way culture. Everybody know Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, yeah. TK, you know Frank Sinatra? My way? I mean, it's all about my way, you know. He went, Jesus said in John 8, 12, if you follow me, his way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the, and the my way culture is like, do what you want. No one can tell you what to do. And don't tell anybody else what to do. Jesus is saying, follow me. And he's saying, that is light. And he will bring us out of the dark nights of the soul. And sometimes he will put us in those dark nights because he always uses them. So I believe God rose Jesus in the morning because it shows we move from darkness to light in Jesus Christ. We also move from sleeping to waking up, okay? Okay. Can I say it from sleeping to waking up? Y'all say it with me. From to waking up, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, which if you, you know, I recommend this, not saying you'll do it, but if you want to read anything great on the resurrection in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 is it. Verses 51 through 52, Paul says, we will not all sleep, but we will awake. And he's talking about our resurrection, that we will rise to. And he goes on to say the last enemy to be defeated is death. Uh, And I say that because, uh, you know, I think we take it for granted that that we will rise, that we have life forever. I have a a dear friend, uh, he's one of my dad's best friends, who is um, 
who's been given 24 hours. Um, he lives up in Carthage. His name is uh, Frank Ray. Um, he's one of my family, my parents' best friends. And so the family's really on a vigil, you know, right now. He's had cancer. He's, uh, it's been tough. It's been bad. Um, I know I've talked to him. They rejoice today in Easter because uh, they know his suffering is about to fully come to an end. And I rejoice too, even though we weep as Jesus wept with Lazarus. But it's a reminder that we do go from sleeping to awake. Because the first couple verses of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, some who are asleep. And he's saying that as in some who have what we would call already died. Paul says, some who are asleep will awake. So I think... The morning is, is powerful because it's like we awake, and it's a parallel to rising. And then last, I think he, uh, I think he rose Jesus in the morning. This is just my opinion because it's another parallel of going from dreams to reality. Dreams to reality. Think about this. Jesus said, John eight twelve. this is eternal life that you know me, Jesus Christ, whom God the Father sent. He says, this is eternal life. And I ask you this, okay? Are you living a dream? Are you living your dream? What if living your dream is like really a dream? Like it's not real, it's not reality. Like, why do you say that? Well, I I think there is something real in this world. And that doesn't mean, you know, work hard, use your gifts, Pursue your goals. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we make our dreams like the ultimate dream. And it's not the ultimate dream. It's not the ultimate reality. So what is reality? It's this. It's actually really simple. God created you, each and every one of you. God has gifted you. God loves you. He made you. So you're created. But we are all fallen we have fallen. We have, we have indwelling sin, sin that's in us, sin that may be going on in our minds right now, sin that's putting something other above the risen Lord. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. It's just, Paul talks about it. It's like it's, it's there and I can't get it out. So we're all fallen. We cannot rescue ourselves. That's reality. God created us and you're created good. We're fallen. Reality is that we are saved by Jesus on the cross. Today of all days, we need to remember the cross. We can only have today because of the cross. It's called redemption. It's called being redeemed. It's called being saved. That happens on the cross. That happens by just believing that Jesus did that for us. And then last, there's a big word for you, but it's, it's so true. It's called restoration. Those four words, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, that's a biblical way of looking at life, the world. That is reality. And restoration, that last one, here's what I'd say. What that means is God is making all things right. And it began this morning, 2,000 plus years ago. And let's use our imagination again because... That tomb was dark. 
and it was early morning, who knows, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and in that dark tomb, please, if you, if you hear nothing else, if you think about nothing else, if, you, if you're wondering about breakfast, if you're like, come on, man, let's, let's close this thing out. If you, are, if you have bitterness towards other people, please, I beg you, just think of this, okay? 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I don't know. A tomb is dark. A body is laid there. That is dead. And those eyes open. And blood that had, that had stopped, that had, we have doctors here that had, I don't know, decreased, ended, I don't know how you would call it, began to flow again. And a heart started beating again. And light entered into that tomb. And I don't know when the angels showed up, but they started showing up, okay? And they probably said, let's have a party. And that big stone was rolled away. That was the beginning of restoration, making all things new, making all things right. A man died for us and was dead, and then he came back to life physically, not just spiritually. And that resurrection restoration continues with Peter, with Mary, with John, with Paul, with the disciples that became the church that goes all the way up to this point to us right here. A resurrected heart, a resurrected life, as we just sang about. Resurrected relationships, restoration until one day, one day, it'll be a resurrected world totally that Revelation tells us about, a restored world. So I want to close. I just want us to listen, use the gifts God gave us with our, with our ears, uh, with, maybe with our eyes, maybe with our smells. I can't smell. But like the beauty of God's creation. And I'm sure some of us could say, like, you know, it could probably be a little better morning, maybe a little cooler, you know, maybe a little less clouds. But, man, it's a gorgeous morning. Every morning, from darkness to light, from night to morning, just look around. I mean, God is at work. Just take a moment of silence and just, I mean, just like breathe. And I'm going to pray over us. And then we'll close in, in worship, okay? Just be still. And if you're like, I hear cars. Well, that's God's creation too. He made them, okay? Heavenly Father, we listen because we're always listening. I just pray we listen to you. Listen to your word. Because you're always speaking to us. And I pray today we'd be convicted uh, that you are over all things. You rule, you reign. You're over death itself. You created us. We are fallen, but you have saved us by Christ. And you're, you're restoring us through your church, by your people. So maybe may we not only be who you create us to be and use our gifts, but may we be your uh, your agents of of restoration in this in this world, uh, with relationships, with just a hope um, that is not uh, that is not vague, that is not uh, nebulous, but that is eternal and that is real.
that we will rise too, spirits and bodies, and this world will be made new. As Christians of all people, we have all the reasons to hope. Darkness to light, night to morning. I do pray for brothers and sisters that may be having a dark night of the soul. I know you'll use it. I I pray you, you walk them through it and lead them out of it. I thank you for these brothers and sisters here. Awake us all, not, not literally, but to you. And the only, the only person who can do that is it's not me or any other um, preacher or teacher or worship leader. It's the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I pray that people would receive, would hear what you're telling them today. In the name of Jesus, amen.